Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is, well, you asked, number two. Yes. <laughs> um, I see that you have really taken those notes to heart, and it's like, Almost, you almost went too far with it. It's like a little creepy. <laughs> it's almost too positive for me. Now I'm like way too excited to be here and you'd like me to reel it back. I'll try and find somewhere in the middle yeah, for next it's time. Still, you're still in a closet with me. Like the excitement <laughs> is not warranted. <laughs> All right. So if those of you who haven't uh, listened to the first part of this or the first one of this new segment... How do you say that? Sure. Yeah, yeah we'll take that. We got, we got there. <laughs> um, this new segment is every 10 on the 5. Oh, I finally got it. You did. Um, and we will be answering your specific advice questions. Specifically. So, very, very specific. We're going to get into specifics. It's going to be very specific. <laughs> and we're going to give you probably bad advice, but it's advice nonetheless. And it will be specific. It will be very specific. And I also find, for me sometimes, I need advice just to know what I actually want. So even though we are not necessarily giving people the advice that they may want, I think that then it almost triggers you to realize what it is you actually believe. It's right. kind of like when my girlfriend says to me, okay, what do you want for dinner tonight? Um, and I'm like, I can't decide. And she's like, okay, well, give me two options. And I say <laughs> I was like, thinking crepes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably crepes. Yeah. And I give her two options. I'm like, white spot or sushi? I don't know. Two things, let's say. And then she'll say, ah, white spot. And I'm like, now I know I want sushi. Right. Because I realized by your advice or your answer to yeah. me that I actually want the other thing. Yes. So either we're going to give you the advice you want or the advice you didn't want, but then you will know in your heart of hearts what to do. Exactly. Like yeah. we said, good advice from bad people or bad advice from good people. It really <laughs> depends which way you look at it. <laughs> and I like this segment because obviously this whole podcast is about answering questions that people are too afraid to ask, specifically about the LGBTQ plus community. But obviously we do more general topics um, such as crepes and how to cut sandwiches <laughs> as gay individuals. Which, by the way, we had some kickback on that sandwich. Oh, really? Yeah, we had some We had some listeners controversial. unimpressed. A very controversial, oh yes. Somebody said, um, they were like, you cut grilled cheese to dip? What would you ever cut or what would you ever dip grilled cheese in? And I was like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Um, so we blocked that person. Blocked, yeah. deleted, spammed mm -hmm. account. Um, first of all, tomato soup, obviously. obviously. And then a lot of people in the States, I'm learning, mm -hmm. don't uh, dip their grilled cheese in ketchup. Oh, I don't either because I don't like ketchup, but I know that to be a very regular thing. Yeah. Okay. So, but mostly like tomato soup. Tomato, like the... a, a nice bisque, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> as we're discussing now, <laughs> we usually talk about very general queer topics like... Cutting sandwiches. Cutting sandwiches. <laughs> um, and we get a lot of DMs of very specific advice questions and specific situations in all of your lives, which we love reading, um, but it's hard to sum it up. So now we have this new segment where we get to answer a few of you very specifically. Before we get into it, though, we would love it if you followed or subscribed wherever you are listening. It really helps us out. Also, please leave us a five-star review. Oh my gosh, by the way, we have passed over 300, uh, whatever they're called, reviews. Oh, 
reviews. Yeah, over three hundred. That's, that's cool. Good. I think it's like four hundred. Is it? Is it? I think so. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I checked like I checked a couple weeks ago, and you're it was also over so bad at math. So. Yeah, I also don't know how to count. So who knows? But um, if you could leave a review, it really helps us out and helps us show up on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And also follow us on social media on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast, and personally at Sean Lusk and at Brianne Williamson, and on TikTok at <sighs> Brianne Williamson underscore because your girl's almost at a hundred thousand. So if you are currently subbed, please unsub to get her further away from 100K. Thanks, guys. I do think, like you said before, though, this whole podcast jingle is uh, answering the questions that you're too afraid to ask. And what questions are you too afraid to ask uh, more so than very personal ones about your life. True. So this is so on on brand. I love this for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't love this for anybody that wrote in. <laughs> yeah. Just t- take what we say and just throw it in the trash. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the first one we have is I'm 25 and bisexual and I'm out to my friends but not any of my family. I have a pretty conservative family, and sometimes they make homophobic jokes that make me uncomfortable. But I can't tell them that... Oh, sorry. I cannot read. But I can tell that they are just trying to be funny, and that the joke doesn't come from a place of actual hate. I don't think my family would take it too hard, but I know it would change things. What should I do? It's hard to keep acting like someone who isn't me when I'm around my family. Very valid. Okay, so I think this is, like, a very um, common feeling. Um, I think as a queer person, no matter how you identify, you always kind of look for clues with your family of how they're going to react. And obviously, various people have different levels of clues of obviousness of whether their family is going to be accepting or not. But I even remember me, like, growing up and hearing my dad talk to some of his guy friends and, like, stuff. It was never anything, like, outwardly hateful. Yeah. Which I'm hearing uh, this person describe. But it was definitely something that I would consider a... to have a homophobic undertone with certain jokes. And I remember, as someone who was in the closet, like, kind of almost keeping a tally of those moments in my mind and, like, adding them up to, will this mean that he or my family in general or whoever will not accept me. Yeah, I feel like you're always constantly, like, making a tally on either side. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, slight homophobic undertone to that joke, but my mm-hmm. dad wore a floral shirt today, so <laughs> he could be okay with it, you know? <laughs> yes. But then on the other side of things, I grew up dancing and I had some friends that were very out and gay at a young age, gay males, in the dance world, and I remember every once in a while, like, we'd be having a family dinner, and we would talk about how maybe one of their parents wasn't accepting of them, and I remember my dad would outwardly at the family dinner table be like, well, that's just wrong. Like, it's your kid. It doesn't matter if they're gay or not. Right. So then so that was like, like a check a on the yeah, other side. Like, I'll right? give that one too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I relate to this question very much. I think that um, it comes down to, it's very hard to estimate. It sounds to me, once again, I don't know your situation, but it sounds to me that you seem to know in your heart that your family will be accepting to a certain level. Like, it doesn't sound like you think that you're going to be unsafe or that you're fearful uh, for coming out when it comes to your safety or them, like, disowning you or something very extreme. Um, 
Which to me says that I think, honestly, sometimes you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately, we live in a society where things like um, jokes with homophobic undertones are frighteningly common and doesn't necessarily mean that someone is actually aware of what those jokes mean or um, hateful towards the LGBTQ plus community in a malicious way. Um, So I think that sometimes you just have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think a lot of times um, it shouldn't have to take this. I'm not giving people a pass. You shouldn't have to know that there's a queer person around you to not make homophobic jokes, obviously. But I think a lot of times people will become more aware of what they're saying once they know that they know someone that it could affect. Totally. Um, so I'm sure that certain family members will probably be embarrassed of some of the things that they used to say once they know that you are queer. And yeah. once again, it shouldn't take that, but... That happened for my family and a lot of my friends as well. Like, my friends growing up in high school, a lot of my guy friends said the F slur. Um, and now they would never. Yeah. Both because of changing times. And I think once and I came you out, you would being fucking aware. catch these yeah, hands. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, no, I absolutely agree. I. I've spoken about this before that I had a super similar situation. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad growing up was like, played football yeah. and hockey and has had Super Bowl parties for like 97 years and like <laughs> all of his like high school friends would come over and watch the Super Bowl yeah. and I had heard him say things with an underlying homophobic tone yeah. so I was in the same headspace that mm-hmm. I was like I don't know if I'm comfortable coming out um but I was in the the realm that I assumed that they would be loving and accepting and that would kind of trump everything else Mm -hmm. and in the end it did so i think you kind of know also a lot of straight men just aren't funny yeah they do so they don't know how to be funny and they fall into the trap the easy trap of just making a homophobic joke you know because that's just the easiest route to go sometimes it's like all these guys on tiktok that are just rude to their girlfriends yeah they literally don't know how to make a joke exactly like oh if i'm just like make these mean pranks to my girlfriends i get i guess that's me being funny yeah so is he homophobic or is he just not funny? I don't know. It's, you know, it's really a toss-up. Um, some tangible advice that I think I can give with this situation is something that worked for me growing up is when I was trying to test the waters of um, whether or not a friend or family member or, like, community member was going to be accepting of me or not, I came from a position of an ally before I was out. So when people around me would make jokes like that, I'd be like, that's not okay for the LGBTQ plus community. I that's not okay. Be- right, dad? <laughs> right. right? Right. The old bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't ready to say I was a member of the LGBTQ plus community, but I was yeah. very comfortable standing up for the LGBTQ plus community as a quote-unquote outsider of it yeah so that kind of helped me grasp people's reactions so that might work for you next time someone says something homophobic in your family just be like oh just so you know like that joke is not okay because of xyz and see what they say you're like the a in lgbtqa is ally which like not really but no and then you're like (laughs) and now i'm still the a but the a is a a part of it Oh, also, I was going to say one last... I'm a bisexual. (laughs) I am a gay woman. Hello. (laughs) Um, What was I also going to say? Oh, part of that question was um, it will change things. And I think that you need to also balance if that change is necessary. Because change Mm -hmm. 
is scary, but sometimes things should change because mm-hmm. um, things remaining the same isn't always great. That's Absolutely. All, all I'll say. Things changed when I came out for the better. Yeah. Holy shit, I was miserable before I came out. Looking back, I thought I was fine at the time. Yeah. But once the clouds cleared, I was like, wow, I really was not okay. Yeah, I really hated myself. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, next question we have. This is interesting because it makes me feel like Harry Potter, and I'm jealous of this decision because I wish I had it when I was a kid. Um, this person is asking, I'm wondering whether or not I should choose an all-female or mixed dorms for university. I live in England. Would it be wrong for me as a lesbian to choose the first option, meaning an all-female one? I'm worried it might make people uncomfortable. So I think this is an interesting question because it goes back Whoa. to the old school dynamic of thinking like the lesbian at the sleepover is going to try and sleep with everybody. Right. Right? Like, And unfortunately, that stereotype is still very much prevalent. I've even experienced it... Um, in my old age, <laughs> I, in my 20s, being... In the 20s, in... things weren't good for you, <laughs> that's for sure. The 1920s were a rough time for me. No, in my 20s, going to, like, parties or on girls' trips, and it was like, I was the, like, staple joke of, like... Watch out, Bree's gonna fuck you. <laughs> that, no? Okay, no. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> but, you know, just some tones were there of, of that. But more like the... I don't know if it's this un- if it's this feeling of straight women that they think that every lesbian wants them. Yeah, that's but re- the the straight men love that too. Yeah, like I remember being like on like a girls trip, but it would be like, oh Brie, like you can make out with me later, like as if they're like giving me like a gift or something, and I'm like, you're such a fucking weirdo. Like yeah. I don't want to make out with you. No. Like what? Um, and I don't know, there's this definite stereotype that as soon as you you come out as a lesbian, um, I want to validate this person's feelings that a lot of heterosexual identifying women all of a sudden think that they, that you are, like, obsessed with hooking up with them. Yeah. Um, and what I would say to heterosexual women with that is in the same way that you don't want to fuck every guy you meet, a lesbian doesn't want to fuck every female she Exactly. Meets. And also... I think that there's something to be said with, and I'm not saying this is the case across the board, definitely not, you cannot generalize this way, but the fact that we are women makes us understand better that consent is necessary. Yeah. Because we've been in situations where consent is maybe not shown the in the opposite way. Once again, that's generalizing for gender, but I do think that it's very prevalent for young women to feel like they've been in unconsensual situations. Absolutely. Um, So... I think that the question here, to me, is you're putting, you're allowing other people's stereotypes to make decisions for you. I think if you know you're someone who works in the framework of consent and you understand that consent is absolutely necessary, um, then who cares if you want to go to an all-female dorm? Also, I think that stereotype will remain in a all uh, women or a mixed anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, there are going to be women in yeah. the mixed one that probably yeah. think you want to fuck them, too. Totally. So I think it really comes down to, because that's a super valid concern. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not at all. Um, I think it honestly comes down to, are you more comfortable being yeah. with more women? Or, like, do you get along with men yeah, more? Yeah, totally. Like, huge gender yeah. <laughs> like no, but I get stereotype. That. But I think for me, like, personally, even thinking to it, like, I would kind of lean towards being in an all-woman dorm just because I think that 
sometimes for me having to explain my sexuality and saying to men that I do not want to hook up with them is more of a headache than it would be to just know that I am not a creep and won't be like preying on women in the female dorm. Yeah. Like it's like I get to make that decision at the all female dorm to not be a creep and only work in a framework of consent. In the mixed dorm, I would feel like I'd constantly have to be dealing with heterosexual douchebag dudes telling me that they can switch me from being a lesbian. Yeah. Men's, That's just based men, on my personal experience. Let's just avoid men. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> also, I find it really funny when straight men um, think that gays oh, always want to fuck them. Because I'm like, if you're using like a three-in-one hair, like shampoo, <laughs> conditioner, body wash, me- meals oh, for the, the week, like it's everything. I'm like, I don't want to fuck you. Honestly, I will never understand how people think that body wash is also If shampoo. you wash your face with hand soap, we're not going to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. This, I feel like, is... This is specific to their identity, but I think this can work within various frameworks of identity. And that is... I love saying frameworks today. I can I, tell. I got on that you, framework train, and you, I won't stop. Have you seen that TikTok where it's like um, that girl that learns a new word? <laughs> yeah. And it's just me. a girl using a word like... <laughs> So wrong. That's you. Know what, you it's are. not what frameworks are. It's what, how frameworks make you feel. Honestly, okay, yeah. <laughs> today frameworks make me feel good. Um, so this person says, "I identified as bi for almost two years. Now I don't like that label anymore. I want to identify as lesbian, but I'm not really comfortable telling anybody yet, especially because I'm now scared to be wrong. Even though I know I don't like guys, but I keep wondering if I'm wrong or not. Do you have any advice on how I can be sure?" So I think this can work with, like, really any identity. Like, you yeah. can replace bi and lesbian with any straight identity under gay. this. Yeah, straight yeah. and gay, you know, gay and bi, whatever. Um, I get asked probably more than any question on all my pro- all of my platforms. How old how- you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say 55. <laughs> and- you, lo- you lowball it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I get asked more than anything, how can I be sure? Right. I read that so much. I hear that so much. There's this like weird, how can I be sure thing out there? And I've felt that before, but I also think that like going back to the last question, I think a lot of times the reason the, a person is worried about being sure about the, their label is because they're thinking of labels for as other a, for other people, people. Yeah. right? Because as soon as you take that power away from other people, as soon as you stop saying, like, my label is for other people to feel comfortable or for other people to understand me, and instead my label is for me to feel comfortable and for me to feel seen, when you change that inner narrative, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if your label is for you, you can change it as many fucking times as you want. Who cares if other people are uncomfortable? Also, I know this is, like, the most exhausting answer to this question, mm-hmm. but... You don't even have to be sure. Mm-mm. If you are enjoying what you're doing mm-hmm. at the moment, if yeah. you are enjoying the people that you're dating or hooking up with yeah. at that point in time, yeah. that's as much sureness as you really need. Yeah. And I know that's like such a fucking blanket cop-out statement, mm-hmm. but it's like, it is, um, 
it is pretty like free flowing for a lot of people and maybe you're somewhere on that spectrum or Mm -hmm. you're figuring out where you land but like just because you're trying to figure it out doesn't mean you need to nail down the point in the spectrum right now Mm -hmm. you know like and for people out there that are like really stressing about labels you also realize you don't have to use them right like if you're someone out there who like really can't stand labels because they're giving you more stress than they're giving you help then just don't use labels yeah if People want to ask you about your sexuality. First of all, they're kind of overstepping. But if you do feel like you're in a position where you need to explain your sexuality, you can just say you like who you like. Yeah. Whatever that is for you. I like who I like and I don't like you. Honestly. Straight up. <laughs> so, yeah, just, I think, come from a place that labels are for you and they should add value, not stress. Agreed. There you have it. You're so smart sometimes. Honestly, it's the framework of my mind. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> okay. Um, there are some questions here that are like, holy shit. Um, okay. This is a good one. My best friend was visiting my girlfriend and I, and it came up how her boyfriend doesn't quote unquote agree with our relationship or any gay relationship. Mm. She said he doesn't judge us, but just doesn't accept it. To me, it's the same, but it's hard that my best friend dates someone that thinks that. I've brought it up a couple times since, but it's not getting resolved. I'm still her friend, but it's hard now because that's always in the back of my mind. What should I do? That's a really that's, good question. Yeah, that's... Um... I mean, my advice not might not be the advice that you're looking for, but cut that bitch same. out. Same. Because, like, honestly... <laughs> No, not judging, like this Mm -hmm. person said, not judging and disagreeing with is the exact same thing. That's just a weird roundabout way of saying, I hate you. Yeah, (laughs) Um, And also, I am of the the mindset, the framework of my mind is that (laughs) um, it's more than just fucking agreeing with this lifestyle. Like, it goes back to your values and understanding, you know, human importance and just, like, the need for love, all of these things. So if your friend is dating somebody who thinks that way, I personally think that it also reflects on your friend for not having the balls to not date a fucking douche and also not speaking their mind that that's wrong and that they, or that you are their best friend. Yes. And they need to... Well, the thing is, is their their boyfriend and them, because I'm going to start lumping them together because they're, to me, they are one entity. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. (laughs) Gruesome (laughs) twosome. The gruesome twosome (laughs) believes that you deserve less rights, less respect for the person that you love. And they're saying that your relationship is A, not valid, and B, unacceptable. And if that's not judgmental and shitty and homophobic, I don't know what the fuck is. And I think it's just almost manipulative in a cop out to say like he's not judging he just doesn't accept it yeah well that's the same fucking thing he hates gays he's homophobic yeah um and and that person what they're saying by being with that person is in my heterosexual privilege it does not affect my daily life that my partner is homophobic yeah because i'm not queer so i get to be with him 
and um, you know, watch him play fucking Call of Duty. Eat Doritos, um, butt chug a Mountain you know, Dew. You know, let him jerk off to Pornhub while I'm doing the dishes. And it doesn't affect our day-to-day. Um, it only affects it when he brings it up when I'm going to go hang out with you. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do anything about it because the rest of our relationship is okay because I'm privileged in the sense that it's not going to affect my life dealing with a homophobe. Yeah. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's really fucked up. And it's unacceptable. And to me, it's just an absolute no-brainer. I would not be friends with someone who was okay dating someone like that. Because what they're saying to me is, also, I am not willing to stick up for you and support your rights and respect your relationship. Because I actually, at the end of the day, don't really care. Because it doesn't really affect my yeah. life. Also, you asking this question to us shows that you obviously care about this person yes. and you know are compassionate about your friendship but a best friend should always go to bat for you and it sounds like you would go to bat for them yeah. and if they're not willing to have that conversation or date people that aren't fucking douches mm-hmm. um i don't know i think that maybe they <laughs> think of your friendship differently which is obviously A very hard thing to grasp, as I went through in the loss episode, if you want to go back to that. (laughs) (laughs) John's still reeling over that. It's a hard one. I get it. It's a hard one because, but you know what? 2020, life's too fucking short. The world's crashing and burning. Yeah. Life's too short to uh, He's living in Trump's America and we can't have that. Honestly. (laughs) Fuck him. Fuck fuck them, honestly. (laughs) We're really going in. People are gonna listen to this and be like, leave, leaving, crying. Yeah, obviously. Oh, That's, I feel like they we're leave. ruining friendships they, and taking names. Listen, they're gonna leave crying no matter what. Any episode. Absolutely. The framework of these episodes is that people leave crying. Yes. At the end of the day, it's not about what we say. It's about how, how we make people feel, which is cry. It's not about what this podcast says. <laughs> it's about how much we make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, This person says, how do you deal with the fear of being rejected by someone who you really fancy? I really like someone, but if she says she doesn't feel the same way, that would really, really hurt me. First of all, love the word fancy. I know. That was really, like, that just made me glow. Yeah, that was very nice. I really enjoyed that feast to my ears. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been rejected a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it's it's one of those things that like the more you get rejected, the less it hurts cuz right. you realize you're just going to be fine afterwards. I um yeah, like I think I used to be really afraid of rejection and then after being like rejected a couple times, I just kind of realized like wow, that didn't I changed my mindset to the fact that it didn't get me farther along of where I would like to go, i.e. being able to date this person. But it also didn't send me back because I wasn't dating this person anyways, and now I'm just still not dating this person. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, like it's not actually taking anything away from your life. You're taking a potential away from your life by not trying. Yeah. And there are truly so many people out there in the world, so I think that if you just go for it in a respectful way, like, you know, ask someone out. And if they say no, respect that and move on. There's somebody else. Also, this is like probably a very psychotic way of looking at things. Yeah. But I think I got to a point in my life that I just realized that I am also a gift. 
Yes. You know? I, and yeah. I'm like, I'm vibing with my life. Yeah. And if you want to hop on board, let's <laughs> do this thing. If you don't, choo-choo, bitch, the vibe train's <laughs> rolling out. You know? <laughs> so there you have it. I think, like, once I noticed that I also have um, value to add yes. to other people's lives. Not, like, obviously rejection fucking sucks. Totally. But once I realized that I am also, like... Uh, a fifty percent in this in this yeah. <laughs> this gamble. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's vibe it out. Or if we don't, you know, I'm gonna hit you with the train. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm hitting you with the yeah. vibe train. Oh my god! You're tied tied to the railroad, and uh, here comes the vibe train. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is funny because this is something we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. Um, someone asked, I was wondering more about tops and bottoms, specifically for me as a lesbian. I know labels are just labels, but I was wondering how I know which I am more like. Throwback to Panini in that episode who claimed to be a top, but Brie clearly thinks it's a bottom. And then they followed up by saying, and I mean, I know you both talk about how labels are just labels, um... But you wouldn't want a bottom-bottom or a top-top combo, etc. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> specifically in relation to Panini, let's yeah. just drag her back into this. Um, I don't know what she is no. in the bedroom. No. Nor do I'm I care. Sorry. Yeah. But the thing about Panini is that she's a bottom <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And she, when we were talking about bottom energy, that had mm. nothing to do with her sex life. Yes. You know, like she was just a bottom bitch. I think we need to <laughs> clarify this for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, our listeners as well as our friends. When we talk about bottom energy or top energy, it doesn't actually mean that you are a bottom or a top. Yeah. So like you could be like in bed with your partner or whatever, a top every single time. But to the world, you convey bottom energy. That's... Once again, bottom energy is not a bad thing. No. It's very different. One of my best friends, I'm going to call her out because I uh, know she listens. Love the girl. Dana, queen of the bottoms. What's up, girl? Um, very proud bottom. The proudest. The proudest. Bottom energy for real. Love her to death. One of my favorite things about her is that uh, I vibe with her because I feel like she's got really, like, sweet, caring, like, bottom Bottom energy. energy. (laughs) And I love it, right? Um, So there's nothing wrong with bottom energy or top energy, but it also does not mean that that's actually what you do in the bedroom. And I think depending on your partner, um, you're going to switch. I would say, realistically, 90% of people out there, these are hard facts, you can check me on this, 90% exactly of people out there, um, scientific research has said they will switch around. <laughs> Con- conducted by the Brianne yes. Williamson Institute of Technology. <laughs> because even myself, like depending on who I've been with in the past or depending on like the day, um, Christ, like uh, most of the people I've been with, like one or both of us has a period at a certain point. So depending on who's got the period, like the other person's doing the work or doing whatever, like you're not getting bottomed necessarily when you're on your period. So there's a lot of switch around. Um, That's just one example. But also like you meet with different people or you have sex with different people that have different energies or comfortable in different positions. Um, I think that most people would say that realistically they're more of a switch. There are definitely people that will only top or bottom too. That's cool as well. But I think like 
don't stress too much about it. The only thing I can think of realistically where it would hinder a sexual relationship is, if I'm being honest, like two very bottom energy and bottoms in the bedroom. Yeah. Because I have a few friends that have been in relationships like that and the issue is not actually where you're physically laying down in the bedroom, but rather if you have two real bottom energy kind of uh, gals, then no one's making the move. Yeah. No one's taking control. And then you end up just not really having sex at all. Or like, like both are fearful of being that like, like first mover that like more controlling or assertive force in the bedroom. Um, so I can see that being more of an issue, but Hey, if you're not worried about that, if you feel confident and sexy and like initiating sex, then who cares if you're both bottoms? Because then you can just initiate it, and then you both can just like if you if lay you, on your backs and high five or something. If you <laughs> go into every situation, mm-hmm. just um, just a player waiting for the coach to tell you where to go. Yeah, that's really how I think it really helps you. You know, oh, I you're like just that. looking to fill in where you're needed, mm, and okay. that's yeah. And then who like cares that. about if you're a top yeah. or a bottom? You're just helping the team win. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. But I will say, as um, a top energy kind of bitch, I want to be the coach. So, see, that's the problem. Like, right. Some some people that doesn't work for because, like, I want to, like, tell people where to go. Well. You're very bottom energy of you, Sean. Just saying. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's, that's good. There we go. So, um, I hope that helps that you. <laughs> just didn't help at all. At all. <laughs> didn't come to. I think to... just, like, don't worry about that. I think that, like. Bottom line, when it comes to sex, the thing you have to be worried about is being communicative, getting consent, asking people what they like, what they want, listening, like Sean said, and uh, that's going to make for great sex. Also, it doesn't matter who's if what you position. have sexual chemistry with someone, <laughs> as soon as you're in the bedroom, like something's going to happen. Yeah, it'll fi- like, it'll whatever. fill itself in. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I I believe in you to figure it out once. <laughs> If you're vibing with somebody, though, like, once once it's happening, something's... Something's happening. You'll be okay. Once it's happening. But I will say, lesbians will sit there and stare at each other for hours. Well, that's on, that's on them. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what you need someone a little with a little bit of gusto. Right. Um, okay, here we go. I am very stereotypical tomboy lesbian. Okay. But there is a male in my life who does not get that I like chicks. How do I tell him to go to hell without being <laughs> rude? Uh, have you had a situation like this? And if so, what have you done? I've honestly just told them to go to hell. So I can't really give much solid advice. I think that if someone is like trying to make, like, put you in a corner of like making you feel like you need to validate or explain to them or prove to them your sexuality, then that person kind of deserves to be told to go to hell. Yeah. Like, if someone's continuously telling me, I just don't get it, you can't. Like, fuck off. Also, if they're um, not giving you the respect um, in talking mm-hmm. about who you want to fuck or hitting on you or all these things, you don't necessarily need to give them respect back. Yeah, absolutely. Which is maybe problematic, but... 
No, I don't think it is. I think. But this that's... is also coming from somebody. I love telling people off. Me too. Yeah. I love people giving me giving them a piece of my mind. Yeah. Like one thing that I've started doing recently. It's like a fun new little hobby of mm-hmm. mine. Um, was since I've worked like as a barista and so many things okay. like that. Um, and I have dealt with such shitty customers uh-huh. that now if I'm, I mean, COVID is obviously yeah. throwing a wrench in my new hobby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if I am at a Starbucks or a coffee shop or a grocery store and I see a customer mm-hmm. belittling an employee, yeah, it's my turn. <gasps> like Damn. I have fought people at Starbucks. I fought people at this (laughs) vegan gluten-free bakery. Oh my god, Um, I love that. Because I'm like, I know as an employee, I was always like, I shouldn't deal with this. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. But as a customer, I'm like, I have nothing to hold me back. Ding, ding, bitch. (laughs) Round one. I remember so specifically, I was at this bakery and this guy, there were cupcakes Mm -hmm. and they all had prices on them right beside it. Okay. Font size bold. Yeah. Like, big-ass letters, how much it was. Uh-huh. He ordered six cupcakes. They rang him up, and mm-hmm. he was like, that's ridiculous. What? A, how expensive is that? And I was like, first of all, yeah, you saw the price. Yeah. Second of all, why do you need them then? Yeah. Like, like why what? are you getting it's six cupcakes? Like, you literally. You the cupcakes. Yeah, no, fuck off. Honestly, I that is one of my biggest pet peeves, is when people complain about the price to a probably minimum wage worker at a store that in no way sets the price for goods and you're like sorry why are you why are you arguing them on the price of something yeah i'm like tina didn't set the price here tina is 15 and she's just working so she can buy a nintendo switch like that's it usually it's me so she just wants to finish her shift so she can get to fucking animal crossing so (laughs) shut your mouth (laughs) absolutely okay I've been seeing this person on and off for almost seven months. The off times have been due to off block of university and her not being local. Okay, so I guess when university stops. We always pick things back up when we, where we left them. And in person, she's very vocal about how she feels. But two out of three of the time, or two-thirds of the time, it takes her hours or a full day to respond to a message. Being a fast texter isn't a trait that I have have to have in a person, but the inconsistency makes my mind wander. Within the next year, she could be moving away, and I think it makes me worried I'm investing more into this, and at that moment, she can think it's not worth it, and I'm distracting her from her studies. I'm nervous to have the quote-unquote us conversation and speak more of my expectations. Do I get bold or hold on? Okay. I can tell you feel some type of way about this. I just think <laughs> if I'm really into someone, I text them back. Like, uh, that's bottom line. And I I know I could sit here and say the 800 things of like, well, clearly if you pick it back up every time when you go back to university, like clearly there's something there to work for. And like, you know, people are busy and people have school and blah, blah, blah. But a day between a message? Yeah, that's bad. A day between a message, put it this way, when I get a message from someone I like, I'm excited to see that message. Right. I might be busy for the next couple hours, but then I will respond yeah. when I can. Yeah. Or I'll take a second and 
how long does it take to send a text message back? Yeah, and this is coming from, like, me, and I'm pretty bad at responding mm-hmm. to text messages, um, but I wouldn't leave my crush for a day. On red. On red. See, that's the thing, and I think that in this day and age with technology, like, there is very little that I can think of that would make that reasonable, like, yeah. that amount of time. Yeah. Besides the fact, it's completely reasonable that people don't have to respond to you right away. But do I think that they're really that into you if they don't for that long? Like, no. And then you could be investing time into somebody who's good in person and responds. And responds. Yeah. I think my advice with this situation would be to have the conversation. I would not bring up the texting in it because I feel like that makes you seem like you... Everyone is, but it's just, like, not cool to admit it to, like, that you're reading that much into, like, time frames and stuff. Um, I would just have the conversation and say, very lightly and casually, next time you're hanging out... Do you love me? Are you in love with me, and do you want to marry me next week, or not? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Like, let's fucking go. Let's rev this bad boy up. (laughs) The vibe train is about to leave the station. (laughs) Are you boarding? (laughs) Hop on or do you want to be run over? (laughs) So, yeah, just a light, casual conversation like that. No, I would say, like, just next time you're hanging out, be... The thing is, I think that there's something important when you're laying it out there that... Try and take emotion out of it, but try and be really straight up. Because the worst thing ever is when you get the guts to have a conversation like this and you leave the conversation and you're still not really sure. Yeah. Because you didn't be clear enough and in turn then they don't have to be clear. And then you leave and you're like, what was that even? Now I have to redo this fucking conversation three weeks from now. Um, So I would be really straight up and be like, hey, I'm really into you. I would like to be official with you or exclusive, or be in a relationship, however you want to put it. Um, So I just wanted to grasp where your head's at with that. Yeah. End. Silence. Don't say any more. Listen to what they say. If they say, oh, I'm unsure, blah, blah, blah. You're allowed as a human being to say, okay, well, while you're unsure, I think I need to take space for myself because I'm investing a lot emotionally, and um, you can let me know when you're ready. Yeah. I also feel like a lot of people, myself included, actually, that's not true. I'm pretty insane. I love asking people uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't want to have the conversation because they don't want to lose mm-hmm. what they perceive themselves having in the moment yeah. currently. Like, you don't want to lose the relationship that's good when they're yes. they're with you, yeah. which is very valid. Yeah. But... I think if you know mm-hmm. and you don't need to be walking this fine line mm-hmm. of, well, are we good? Are we not good? You never text me when you're gone. I think if you know, even if it's not the answer that you want, at least you know. At least you know. Yeah. And then if you know, you can still make the decision to keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. But you know, and then you are putting that on yourself. And then that's for you to decide. I've said this a hundred times on this podcast about when... Julia and I, my girlfriend, first started talking, and I said, hey, I'm into you. And she said, okay, I'm not ready to be in a relationship. And I was like, totally respect that. Let me know if and when you are. Other than that, I can't talk to you. And she was like, really? Don't you want to just hang out? And I was like, no, because I'm absolutely obsessed with you, and it's not good for my mental health to continue down if this might not be going anywhere. So... Sayonara. The vibe train will be rolling into station to check on you periodically. Yeah. But until you're ready to ride, that's okay. That's okay. We'll be vibing. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, a lot of people, what they don't understand is as much as she's allowed to tell you that she's not into you, you're or that into you to be in a relationship, whatever it may be, 
you're also allowed to say, okay, well, I'm into you, so, like, I need to set boundaries. Yeah. And that doesn't make you weird or creepy. No. People like when people are into them. It feels nice. Yeah. Just say it in a straight-up way and see what they say. Also, that's sexy. Laying it down and being confident and then being confident in what you need for yourself, sexy. Yeah. Mature, hot, gorgeous train. Brand new 2020 train on the tracks. A bullet train. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> so fast. Whipping you from Vancouver to Los Angeles in like two hours. West Coast yeah. Express. Super Express. Super Express. <laughs> oh my gosh. We don't even have any more time. And, you know, we're just... Oh no! Okay, See you in 10 episodes. (laughs) We got so many questions for this. And something Don, your name's Don now. (laughs) Something Don. What is with us today? Honestly, I can't speak. (laughs) Sean and I are both spiraling mentally right now. We're having mental health issues. We're going to talk about that on an upcoming podcast episode, so stay tuned. But today was not it for us. (laughs) We're spiraling. It's too fresh. (laughs) It's too fresh. Um... Sean and I talked about last uh, time we did this segment, 10 episodes ago, that you all seem so interested in this in the sense that every time we ask for questions, we get like at least 50. We only obviously get through a few because we ramble forever. And also we want to do a good job in specifically answering the specific questions. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we have been considering starting a discord or a place that people can um, ask questions as they come up. Maybe you can help each other with your own advice. And also when these sorts of segments come up, the Q&As or um, this new segment, what the fuck's it called? Well, Um, you asked. Well, well, you asked. Thank you. Um, We can have a place where we can organize those questions better. Um, Maybe we can do something fun like uh, if people donate to a Patreon, they get first priority on questions. This is something that we're considering and we would love to do. So check us out on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast. We're going to put a little poll up uh, for suggestions on that. And then we will also be posting any information about anything we do in regards to that over on our Instagram. So stay tuned for a cool, like, new community hub kind of space. Right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, wherever you're listening, we really appreciate it. Make sure to follow or subscribe. Uh, share this with all your friends. Rank us. Right, rank us. Rate us. Review us. Rank five us stars. number one. <laughs> rank <laughs> us number one on iTunes. Thank you so much. If you work at iTunes, please put us there. Yeah. <laughs> Homepage, thank you. Um, and until next time, we will see, see you around, around the, the neighborhood. neighborhood. It's kind of wet in here. I know, it's muggy.